Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out, except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if we think for ourselves and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode 19. Does philosophy matter? No one can teach you rightness and wrongness. They cannot be taught. They can only be learned. And we learn more from what we see than from what we are told. No one is free from weakness. Everyone has a shadow. But it is in your power to extinguish in yourself the weaknesses you see in other persons and to realize in yourself the person you want to see in others. Epictetus said, Of things that exist, some are in our power and some are not in our power. You are powerless to remediate or correct the weaknesses you see in the lives of others. And that's a hard truth. I want to know the truth. But sometimes, I must confess, I can't live with it. William Ernest Henley, in his famous poem, Invictus, wrote, It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. I have a story to tell you. It's a true story. I never lie. And it's a true confession. Several years ago, I helped a judge and jury convict a young man of five felony offenses of such high seriousness that he was sentenced to many years in prison. His name is Mr. Pimentel, and he was caged for 10 years 
for speaking three words. In 2013, I was summoned to jury duty in San Diego. I was designated the sole alternate juror. As an alternate, I wasn't permitted to render a verdict to the court in the case submitted to the jury following the five-day trial of Mr. Pimentel. Nevertheless, I am guilty of a crime, a crime against philosophy. Mr. Pimentel was a 40-something Hispanic male. He was known in the street parlance as an OG, an old guy. OG is a title of respect and admiration given to retired senior members of a street gang. Mr. Pimentel had not been an active gang member for many years. He recently married and his wife just had given birth to their first child. Mr. Pimentel was well known to local police as a former gang leader that was no longer involved with the gang. And a local cop testified at his trial that Mr. Pimentel had abandoned his former way of life and bad conduct, and now was an honest, hard-working family man and community leader that even assisted the police with helpful information from time to time. One day, as usual, Mr. Pimentel returned home by afternoon train from work. As Mr. Pimentel exited the train platform, he recognized two members of his former gang as they chased a young man belonging to a rival street gang from another neighborhood. Now rules of all kinds are necessary to protect and maintain a street gang, much like society. And one of the most sacred and inviolable rules is to define and defend the gang's territory. So the invader could not be permitted to escape from his pursuers. But recognizing Mr. Pimentel, the two young men paused and looked at the OG for affirmation and approval. And Mr. Pimentel shouted three words, Go get him! The two men then continued the chase as Mr. Pimentel then continued on his way home, unaware of what would happen hours later. The two men caught up with the invader, still in their territory, and assaulted him. As Mr. Pimentel ate dinner with wife and baby, 
The intruder suffered a good beating and a few broken bones. The street runs like water, and the next day, Mr. Pimentel was arrested for causing the assault. Now, I have served on several juries in my adult life, and I regret to say, this jury was normal. It consisted of bored housewives, retired old women and older men, skateboard-toting high school dropouts, and other unemployed and unemployable pillars of the community. The jury reminded me of a Bob Dylan song, Tangled Up in Blue. Some are mathematicians, some are carpenters' wives. Don't know how it all got started. I don't know what they do with their lives. Unfortunately, the defense also was normal. Mr. Pimentel's court-appointed attorney chose not to deliver an opening or a closing statement. She asked few questions. She called few witnesses. She appeared to the jury to be indifferent and to pay little attention to the trial as she obviously was multitasking on an unrelated project on her computer throughout the proceedings. The trial then, unfortunately, also was normal. The prosecution ran the show completely. Wisdom grows out of ignorance. But the ignorant give ignorance a bad name. The fool is not capable of recognizing wisdom, but the fool also cannot recognize ignorance. The fool talks while the wise listen. The fool is fluent in things he doesn't know anything about and he doesn't understand. He hits himself on the head with a book, hears a hollow sound, and assumes that the book is empty. Unlike wisdom, ignorance has no limits. A butterfly is greater than a picture of a butterfly. But to a fool, wisdom is no greater than the illusion of wisdom. At this point, I must digress. In philosophy, there's an important concept known as counterfactual causation. David Hume, one of my favorite philosophers, in 1748 was the first to define causation in terms of counterfactuals. Hume said, we may define a cause to be an object followed by another object, 
where if the first object had not been, the second never had existed. In other words, if A had not occurred, B would not have occurred. In 1973, David Lewis put it this way, a cause is something that makes a difference and the difference it makes must be a difference from what would have happened without it. In other words, had A been absent, all of the effects of A would have been absent as well. Now, consider Mr. Pimentel and keep the concept of causation at the top of your mind. Mr. Pimentel did not attack the invading gang member. Mr. Pimentel was not present as the young man was attacked. Mr. Pimentel had no knowledge of and no awareness of the attack. Still, Mr. Pimentel was judged and convicted by a jury that was convinced beyond all reasonable doubt that the three words uttered by Mr. Pimentel caused the attack to take place. But what if Mr. Pimentel had said and done nothing? Would the assault then have taken place? For if Mr. Pimentel was indeed the cause of the attack, then, as David Hume and David Lewis said, a cause should make a difference. Causes always make a difference to what happens. Without a particular cause occurring, what follows ought to be different. Had Mr. Pimentel worked one hour later, or left work one hour earlier, had Mr. Pimentel chosen a different train, had Mr. Pimentel and the two gang members not seen each other, or not made contact, had Mr. Pimentel not spoken to them, would that have made a difference? One may reasonably and plausibly assert that there is no reason to think that the chase and the attack would not have taken place but for three words spoken by Mr. Pimentel. One might reasonably doubt that Mr. Pimentel made any difference if someone is to be punished for causing a crime to be committed then it must be reasonably clear that the crime would not have happened except for the actions of the accused. The prosecution must demonstrate that the defendant made a difference, that the attack by the two gang members would have happened differently had Mr. Pimentel behaved otherwise that without Mr. Pimentel, 
the two men would have acted differently and the chase and the assault would not have happened at all. That's what it means for someone to be the cause of something. That's what is required by the principle of counterfactual causation to assert that Mr. Pimentel caused the attack. That's what is required to judge Mr. Pimentel guilty. So, let's turn the tables on Mr. Pimentel's accusers and ask, what caused Mr. Pimentel to be convicted? Well, one might plausibly suggest that Mr. Pimentel wouldn't have been convicted had the defense been more engaged or more talented, had the jury been more logical or more competent, had the prosecution cared more about justice and less about winning, and had the judge cared more about justice than following the law. But that didn't happen. So Mr. Pimentel was unjustly imprisoned for 10 years. Injustice is a crime but one that is not against the law. The judge, the jury, and the attorneys in Mr. Pimentel's trial are guilty of a crime, a crime against philosophy. Since then, there hasn't been a day that I haven't thought about Mr. Pimentel behind bars. Jesus cleared the temple, but I failed Mr. Pimentel. I followed the rules. I was silent because that's what I was told to do, what I was supposed to do. Does philosophy really matter? Thinking for yourself matters. Wisdom matters. Reason matters. Yes, philosophy matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, the Laughing Philosopher. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to the Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers 
to the most important of all big questions, how to live.